0: Hi guys, just to let you know, it is our 100th episode coming up this Friday, so to celebrate that, this Thursday, the 11th of Feb, we're going to do an AMA on Reddit, and Ask Me Anything, where you can rock up and ask us anything. We'll be there for a couple of hours, Uh, whatever you've ever wanted to ask us, do it there. Uh, It's going to be 5pm this Thursday, 5pm GMT, that is midday, uh, Eastern Standard Time, and if you go to qi.com forward slash Reddit, you'll be able to find it easily. See you there.
1: hello and welcome to another episode of no such thing as a fish a weekly podcast this week coming to you from the birmingham mac my name is dan schreiber and please welcome to the stage it's the other three elves andy murray james harkin and anna cheszynski And once again, we have gathered around the microphones with our four favorite facts from the last seven days. And in no particular order, here we go. Starting with you, Andrew Hunter Murray.
2: My fact this week is that a New Zealand firm has developed an irrationally angry robot to train telesales stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh. <laughs> So it calls the telesales staff. Yeah, I mean, it has to be programmed to do it. It can't just ring you up at, at, at nighttime or something. Oh, okay, right. So, um, yeah, the firm is called Touchpoint, and basically they've developed this uh, machine which can simulate an angry customer, and um, it takes data from all the worst customer calls uh, where people are really furious, and then they uh. sort of determine the factors which, you, you know, you could be set off by. And then uh, the telesales person who's being trained has to uh, try and calm the machine down and that's, <laughs> wow. that's the mission for that yeah
0: do we know how the anger manifests itself does it start a physically, physically assaulting, <laughs> it's, it's, or? Not,
2: it's nothing physical it's mind games uh I think it's
3: mind a- games?
4: Yeah.
2: passive aggressiveness
0: <laughs> yeah. how twisted are people i think
2: it's a lot of shouting and insults basically from wow. the computer yeah does it sound like a robot <laughs> don't know I suspect not because that would negate the point of it being a training <laughs> thing but
1: then Maybe. They, so they must have someone recording all the audio to then yeah I think I think so yeah wow yeah
0: It is irrational anger, right? And people go mad about cold callers. And the thing apparently, so there was a survey done recently and cold calling was voted the most annoying thing about the UK. uh, Which, I mean, there's some bad stuff going on in this country, everyone. Calm down. Um, But the most annoying thing about cold calling is uh, cold caller chumminess. The false chumminess that you get.
2: Uh, I got a cold call this morning.
0: Did you? Did yeah, you? That and was
2: someone who said, did you have an accident uh, in the car that wasn't your fault? Okay, did you? Well, I played along for a moment. I said, <laughs> yes, I did. Oh. And then she said, did you? And she
4: said, <laughs> You're literally the first person <laughs> who said
2: that. But yeah, she was really... It took her ages to say anything because she was so surprised. And then she said, did you? And I said, no, not really. And
1: then <laughs> <laughs> I, I got one last night and... Uh, it, so it said, hi, we understand that you've had an accident recently and, and you should be making a claim on it. And I thought, oh, this is a robot. So I just went and stayed silent. Yeah. And then it went, hello?
3: And I went, "Nah."
1: <laughs> and then it went, hi, are you still there? And I thought, oh, God, it's an actual human. Oh, i went, sorry. And then, and then it started talking and I was like, it got me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. AI is so good now that it, yeah. yeah. They, they predicted that moment. Yeah, <laughs>
2: So it's like the um, the Turing test where if you can have a conversation with a machine but you think it's a human then the, the machines have won as the, Is that it? Well thank God I'm
4: not the bar <laughs>
3: <that allows. Yeah. laughs> um,
4: So there is a software that can tell from my voice when I'm on the phone whether I'm angry or not Okay, and they use these in telesales and so they'll have a computer in front of them and I'll ring them up and get really angry and passive aggressive and then their computer will say, He's getting angry. He's getting really angry, you better do something about this. Oh wow. And then they have to keep it below a certain level. As if they don't know that you're angry.
0: Yeah, well I have hide it quite well actually.
3: <laughs> can can you?
0: The telesales person on the floor just sobbing and and the computer's helpfully saying, He's a little bit pissed off with you. <laughs> But it's amazing that computers
4: can tell if you're angry. Yeah, it's very good. Apparently, you can tell if someone's angry by the way they use their mouse. Um, To an 80% accuracy, you can tell... Well, like
0: smashing you around the head with it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But I think just how you click on things and stuff like that, they can tell...
2: um... (laughs) If you click on (laughs) (laughs) IamReallyAngry.com
4: They can tell frustration, sadness, fear and depression with more than 80% accuracy just by the way you use your mouse.
3: Wow. wow! Yeah.
4: So there is a thing about
2: the computers being angry and whether they should be made, whether we should make angry machines, basically, because one, one school of thought is that it's quite a good idea to make computers that can simulate anger, and that the ones you would need to worry about are the ones that don't simulate anger.
4: That's not <laughs> what the movies tell me. When <laughs> no, but the think, robots take over the world, they're usually pretty angry. Think about the Terminator robots.
2: They're not angry. They're just doing a job. Are they? Whereas if um. Arnie was really emotional. In oh, Terminator, yeah. then you'd know that he's
0: vulnerable. You can, yeah. you've got a weakness you can play with.
2: Yeah, but we can't Adam? really make them angry at the moment because we just we're just programming angry sounding responses into them, um, yeah. and you know it doesn't swear at you when you're not telling it to. <laughs> it doesn't send you poo in the post or something <laughs> unless you've programmed that, which is which is the only reason I can assume that I keep receiving it. <laughs>
0: there was a really creepy robot telemarketer that lots of people were writing online about called samantha west and this was in the u.s and i think she was selling health insurance and she denied vociferously that she was a robot and so and i think it was uh, the washington post or one of the u.s newspapers got whole, realized this got a call from her and they all called and said are you a robot and she kept on saying no i'm a real person maybe there's something wrong with the line can you hear me okay and they go you really sound like a robot and she'd say i understand but perhaps there's a fault with the line, and they eventually called and like pressed all the buttons until they got through to a real person and said, Look, there's a robot claiming to be a person working for you. <laughs> I'm not into that at all, it's really weird. And uh, the person said, We do not have any robots here, there's no robot working here. <laughs> and the next day, the number of hers had been discontinued. But I do wonder if. Maybe that just was a real person on their first day who was like, (laughs) didn't want to deviate from the script, uh, was really, really nervous, and just had all these people going, You're a freaking robot, okay? Own up and that's why I should quit the next day.
2: There was a guy who got fired because he put on a robotic-sounding voice (laughs) to get through his calls faster because people assume if they're talking to a machine, they'll just say yes, no, and uh, option C. And he didn't want to do any of the fake chumminess, so he just put on a metallic voice. Yeah, but he got fired for it. (laughs) (laughs) So ironically, his job will have
4: now gone to a machine. (laughs) Um, So you can get therapeutic robots. Have you seen this? Nice. Cool. There's, there's one in particular it's called Paro uh, and they've made this robot to help people who are suffering from they've had some trauma uh, and it's shaped like a seal uh, and the reason it's shaped like a seal is because the guy who invented it says people are unlikely to have had bad memories of real seals
3: laughter
4: it's fair enough I think but seals are quite you know they can attack people so
0: it's just that most people don't come up against seals that often exactly. there are so many things that fall into that category <laughs> yeah. I have very few bad memories of octopuses or the planet Mars or <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger actually I mean yeah.
2: while we're on robots there is one subject I think we've been dancing around uh, which is <laughs> sex with robots <laughs> just <laughs> alright maybe maybe I'm the only one who's been dancing around it. <laughs> Um I just wanted to uh, tell you about a story from uh, Malaysia. This is from uh, the newspaper Free Malaysia today uh, from October. Um, And it goes like this. This proposed conference on love and sex with robots is illegal. Inspector General of Police uh, Khalid Abu Bakr told a press conference in Kuala Lumpur. And action will be taken against the organisers if they go ahead. There's nothing scientific about sex and robots. It's an offence to have extramarital sex in Malaysia, especially with
3: robots.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It was called the Congress on Love and Sex with Robots. And I think people just saw the title and just saw the last three words, Sex with Robots. And the word Congress. Yeah, Congress. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's um, a group called um, the Campaign Against Sex Robots. Um, They're a growing group um, to stop people from actually having sex with robots in the future. Uh, and there are people who are saying, you know, we should make laws against this uh, right now. Um, and there was an article about it, and there were some people who commented on the bottom of it. One person, Chrysler Harper, said, If I want to have sex with my robot, then I will. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is always willing, but he isn't always there. This idea is stupid. And the most then, um, advanced robot most people have is a Hoover, which I bet was what
3: she was talking about. <laughs>
4: And then um, uh, someone called Manjeet replied to that, saying, sex robots would at least not be as destructive as an atomic bomb. LAUGHTER <laughs>
3: So it's well, true.
1: a lot of scientists do say oh we'll be having sex with robots
3: in, the, in
1: a couple of hours uh, as
2: soon as you guys leave the press conference
3: actually
1: <laughs> it's true though they, uh, there was uh, there was a very, very famous book Sex and Robots or Sex with Robots and uh, they say roughly the, the year 2050 will be when we'll be properly getting into bed with robots so
0: there's a reason to stay healthy for all of us <laughs> Just hold on tight guys only 35 more years um, another creepy robot is uh, this robot called Pepper, which was made in Japan as like most of the most advanced robots are, and uh, so a thousand versions of pepper went up for sale last year, and they went on for sale for a thousand pounds each equivalent, and they sold out within a minute so very sought after and I was watching a video of the woman who was explaining what's so good about Pepper, and it's a robot for your house who can be your friend so it's an emotional social robot who hmm. can kind of respond to your emotions sense your emotions calm you down make you feel better and uh, she said uh, one of the things she said was uh, it will introduce games into the family that you can play together or take pictures of your children when you're not at home
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: One of the games it plays is, um, so then there's an example of this robot interacting and it decides to play a game with someone. So it says, uh, on three, we each take a deep breath and see who can hold it the longest.
3: <laughs> 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 <an> evil robot.
1: <laughs> wow. I saw uh, when I was in Australia, there was an ad on TV for a new tracking device called Traku. And the idea is that Traku can be put, it's got magnetic little bits so you can put on the inside of a car, or you can put it in your grandfather's pocket, or you can put it in. <laughs> basically, it was an advert saying, you can stalk, you can stalk and no one will know. But they kept going, Traku, as if it's like this little cute thing. And there was a grandfather going, where am I? Yeah. It goes on cars, you can put it in a wallet, you can put it in someone's hair, you can put it in a fish tank. The you can dad's do it on commission from <laughs> Traku.
2: You put it in a fish tank
4: <laughs> Just in case your hey. fish goes missing
2: <laughs> In case your fish goes missing and takes the tracking device with it. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Look what happened to that poor dentist in Nemo Such a good
0: point That, that would have been a much shorter film if they'd had your ingenious track tracking device was on Nemo <laughs> um,
1: Okay, it's time for fact number two and that is Chizinsky.
0: Yep, My fact is that a fifth of America's meals are eaten in cars uh, that's
1: so interesting yeah
0: it's really interesting isn't it yeah um, but yeah it's this study done and another thing that this, either this study or another study at the same time found was that 31% of people in America say they have never eaten a meal in their cars so there's obviously some people really bringing up that average who yeah. are just like every single time they cook a roast they go to their car
3: <laughs> lock themselves in <laughs>
0: Well it's a
1: big drive through nation isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's that, yeah.
1: Do do they say if that's actually what it is? That is what it
0: is, yeah. Right. So it's eating <laughs> fast.
1: <That's laughs> suggested I was like, okay, so it must be the roasts going into the car. <laughs> <laughs> There's a National Drive Through Day in America. Is so. Yeah, it's uh, July 24th, and okay. it's it's one of those ones that isn't obviously officially recognised, but it's one it will sort of trend on Twitter, and everyone will be going, hey, national, like, yeah. celebrate it like International Potato Day or whatever.
0: I think it was made up by I can't remember what the first uh, the company the Pioneer Drive Through was, but it went out of business in the 80s. But I think it was them that made up National Drive Through Day in order to boost their business, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, Who were was they? it the In and Out chain?
0: No, I think that's one of those robot
3: dolls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is the thing. Uh, This is in the UK, actually. Two-thirds of motorists say they've eaten while driving, and 55% of motorists think that eating while driving should be illegal. So, obviously, most of the people who are eating while driving are going, I wish they'd ban this. I hate myself.
4: I think it kind of is illegal, isn't it? I think it it might be, yeah. um, I think if you're not in full control of the car, it's up to the police, really, but if they see you eating a Kit Kat or something or a banana, and then...
2: Sorry. Ah, Just two of the many wonderful foods you can enjoy in this great nation.
1: James, I genuinely yesterday read a story of a lady who got a ticket for peeling up a banana while she she was driving, so you're on it. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Um,
4: Yeah, so if they think that by doing that you're not in full control, then they can pull you over. It and depends on how you're
2: it. peeling it, <laughs> banana. Or it depends on if you're going at 90 miles an hour on the motorway and, and you also, think that banana's looking a bit too wrapped for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> then fair enough,
4: you're not. In Do you know control. the bananas used to come wrapped in foil? Did they? Yes. Yeah. C- considering they have their own wrapping already. That's amazing. It seems. Yeah, when they first came over here, they were wrapped. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of like pass the parcel then. Well, the worst game, <laughs> of pass the parcel.
3: <laughs>
0: There's only two wrappings and it's always enough. Maybe people used to eat the skin Maybe, until we saw monkeys no. taking it off and then we realized.
2: A um, few of the drive through things. Oh, yeah. So the first ever drive through, do you know what it was? What? Uh, no. It-, it was a bank.
4: Ah. Really? Yeah. Um it was in Chicago. It was in nineteen forty six. Uh I have another one from five thousand two hundred years ago. Well Okay. What <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna say that's the second ever drive <laughs> No, there's cool. um there's like an old kind of place in Iran uh, called Godin Tepe. And they're not 100% sure that it was a drive-through, but they think it was because of. <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to be all over this,
3: James. <laughs> I'm
4: going to give this fact a very hard time, indeed. Well, it's because of the height of the window, and because the room seemed to have been used as a place to keep things, and it was for bullets and ammunition that soldiers but, would go through. Five thousand years ago, they had bullets. Yeah. What? Bullets were invented way before guns, because bullet is
2: just. What would you, would you wait, just throw wait, that? What? <laughs>
4: Well, before. <laughs> Can't cool, wait till I have something to put this in.
2: You're a trouble.
4: <laughs> well, before they invented guns, the word "bullet" was just a projectile.
0: A stone. It was a stone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Check on. out my bullet, mate. It's a pebble. So, so there's no
2: room. The noises that- as they threw them. There's a room with some stones in it, and you're claiming
0: it's <laughs> through.
1: That sounds like an archaeologist who needs more funding and has got yeah. nothing in his right. We found some bullets for a uh, drive through uh...
4: Okay, let's hear about your bank. <laughs> they found that. a room with a load of money in <laughs> um,
2: uh, just That's it. You just drove up and took money out or deposited it, but it was uh, in Chicago. As well. Did you have to
0: show any identification or anything or it was just I a free... Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: Went on a business very fast.
2: Um it, First one, the first restaurant was in 1947. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, they used to instead of driving through, you would just drive up. Um, well, you would drive through, but they would have waiters outside taking your order right. and carrying oh, them inside, oh. and then bringing your food out to your car. It's quite nice.
0: Just a way of getting your staff cold, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I found a few weird drive-throughs
1: that actually exist in America. Uh, at the moment I think a couple of them have gone defunct but um, if they have it's only in the last few years so um, these are for people who just wanted to make life easier for everyone there's a drive through funeral parlor and this is genuinely real you drive up, and the person of your who you love is just in a window as you go by, and you pay respects as you go by in the window, and you form a queue with the cars, and you just sort of go by, and then drive on. So it's drive-through. If I swear to God, it's real.
0: Are they wearing one of those McDonald's outfits? No, I
3: don't
0: Held up by strings, <laughs> my chicken sandwich in one hand. <laughs>
1: So no, yeah, it's a it's a funeral wow. parlour drive-through. There's an emergency services drive-through. So you just come up in the car, and a doctor quickly comes and helps you with uh, any what? problem that you have. They, uh, well, so
4: that you're sick, but you're still driving. Well, no, maybe but you're so badly sick that you have to go to. Yeah, home. yeah,
1: yeah. So you drive through, and they can quickly uh, just help you out. And while if you're so really in the car. bad, they put you in the funeral one. <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> This one's amazing. There's a drive through bar that serves you alcohol that right. you could take.
3: Really? Yeah, I don't think cool. they've
1: thought that one properly through. <laughs> yeah, you just buy, I'll just have a, a pint of vodka. Um, <laughs>
3: vodka.
1: Just a normal drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is when they want more. You know when the police want to get more ticks on their people arrested? They just plant policemen two yards up the road, presumably. Yeah, and then I guess so. they've got some arrests under their belt. Yeah. Uh. I was just looking at fast food. Have you guys ever ever heard of a yowk? No. A yolk? Oh, I've just, I just got why it's called that, and it's a yolk. Is it a part of an egg? Uh, yeah.
4: Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I did come across them.
0: Um. No, no. no, with a W. So this is oh. the new, the latest fast food, and it's a runny, pre-cooked, boiled egg with pre-cut soldiers in it um, and a spooth, which is a spoon that includes a tooth to help you crack the shell. Um, and you say, wow, this is what you have to do. You buy the package with the egg in it, you open the egg, you pour boiling water on it, leave it for five minutes, and then you've got your egg.
4: It's amazing, because that takes longer to make than an actual egg. It (laughs) literally takes
0: longer to make. Yeah, the guy said, all you need is access to boiling water, and now you can enjoy a delicious yolk wherever you want in just five minutes. Yeah, that's just a boiled egg, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It comes with Toast Soldiers.
0: It does come with soldiers, yeah.
2: But do you have to toast them?
0: I think the soldiers are not toasted. But I don't toast my soldiers anyway, so that's not a problem for
2: me. Well, then they're not toast soldiers.
0: <laughs> I, I, just, I call them soldiers.
2: <laughs> they're bread civilians.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, it's time to move on to fact number three, and that is James. Okay, my fact this week is that the most dangerous job in Britain is that of a hairdresser. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? Yeah.
4: Um, so this isn't the most people that die, um, it's most kind of accidents or injuries, uh, and hairdressers and beauticians are by far the most likely to suffer an accident, uh, most commonly cutting themselves.
2: But it's construction, which kills most
3: people. Yes, think, definitely. Think. Yeah, yeah. Um,
4: um, definitely by the most, by absolute numbers. Yeah. I would say like if you're a trollerman or something, probably a lot of people die with yeah. that as well. But I'm going from accidents only, and that is hairdressers.
0: <laughs> there um, is actually one uh, genuinely quite dangerous, ha- dangerous hairdresser oh yeah. called uh, Albert Olmedo, Ome- and he's in Madrid, and he only cuts hair with samurai swords or a blowtorch. Wow.
1: <laughs> Does he yeah. give you the option when you come in? <laughs> think... what, what will it be today, the blowtorch or the samurai sword?
0: <laughs> um, I think maybe you have to pay extra for the blowtorch. I don't know. But he swipes, uh, it looks really cool actually. He swipes, he has two samurai swords that he cuts your hair with, and he swipes them in opposite directions uh, at the back of your head. And he says it's useful because you can do both sides at once.
2: Wow. That sounds incredibly dangerous. Yeah, yeah. it does,
0: isn't it? Yeah. Because what if you misjudge someone's head?
2: um under the hair and they have a really protuberant back of the head
4: it's when you ask for a bit off the top and he literally <laughs> takes it off the top of i think
1: there might be a slightly more dangerous uh hairdresser out there um okay. he's a he's a chinese hairdresser called tian hao and how he does it is he likes to to feel the energy of the hair uh, and not have any influence of say sight so he closes his eyes <laughs> and he starts chopping hair with his <laughs> eyes closed so he'll just feel it and he's very popular in china is he's he? um, yeah yeah he does really well it's yeah like a
4: jedi hairdresser yes exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there was a rumor going around cambodia uh, a few <laughs> a few dozen years ago uh, and that was that the president who is called Norodom sesihunuk uh, he'd had a dream in which all the long-haired virgins in the country will be taken to hell by an evil god Okay, He was kind of quite revered or at least feared at the time and everyone kind of half believed this thing that all the long-haired virgins would be taken to hell. And so all the virgins with long hair cut all their hair. And all the people who wanted people to think they were virgins and had long hair, they had their hair cut as well. Okay, so there was a massive kind of epidemic of women having their hair cut in Cambodia. Uh, and according to the police at the time, they said that it was a rumour started by corrupt hairdressers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, very yeah. clever. So, yeah.
2: hairdressers are very widely trusted. Supposedly, yeah. this has been in the news in the last two days. There's been a big survey um, uh, by Ipsos Murray, so it's l- it's a legit one, and um, it's their Veracity Index, which they do every year. And apparently, the most trusted profession is hairdressers. Sixty nine percent of people would trust their hairdresser to tell the truth. Really, Sixty eight percent for the police. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and newsreaders are only on 65 and then journalists and politicians are way down they're in the 20s of percent
3: that's so
4: weird. Yeah, I don't think I trust my hairdresser to tell the truth. Really? <laughs> well, they've been saying I look great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Their job is to get to the end of a cut and go, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know it can't. They can't have got it right every time.
1: Yeah, you never hear them going, oh, I've really cocked this up. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yes, yes.
0: There's actually a hairdressing in Cardiff now, uh, Bauhaus Hairdressers, I think it is, which offers a special quiet chair that you can nominate to be in if you don't fancy the terrible hairdresser's small talk. If you don't have a holiday book that year or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't go on one last year. Um, yeah and the person the manager is so he's very relaxed about it. He says they can change their minds at any time halfway through the cut if they feel suddenly feel like a chin wag. Uh, but if you're in that chair they will not say a word to you.
2: The, the, the owner of that one I think he's called Scott Miller and he said, I always say if you're asking your client whether they're going on holiday, you've lost. So, <laughs> well, I think there are quite high standards really. for hairdresser conversation these days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: God. Yeah. Where am I going to get to brag about my holidays? The, the, <laughs> last, time, the last time I had my hair
2: cut, it was by. Uh, it was, it, I was in a city that I don't live in, and uh, the woman who cut my hair was a regional finalist in the National Hairdressing Championships.
4: Really? Yeah.
3: Yes. Really?
4: <laughs> I mean, she was a finalist, she wasn't a winner. <laughs>
2: Um, but she, she told me all sorts of stuff about the history of hairdressing. And she told me that there's a UK president of hairdressing. Oh,
4: sir. Yeah. Ah,
2: um, right. And there's a fellowship of British hairdressing, which I didn't know either. Yeah, um, there's, there's also a, um, there's a
1: male hairdresser of the year. There's also female hairdresser of the year. Oh. It's the big hairdresser awards that happened at the end of the year, each year. And uh, in 2005, I was looking through the list of all the people who had won. 2005, the winner was a guy called Brent Barber. <laughs>
3: wow. Okay, oh, yeah. Cool name. Really good
1: yeah and uh, this is uh, this is interesting. I was reading about uh, different kinds of hair that get done uh, that aren 't on human heads, and uh, Madame Two Swords have um, hairdressers that actually do the hair of the waxworks, okay. um, and in fact the uh, the twiggy wax work that was done, the hairdresser who does twiggy 's hair came in to do twiggy 's waxwork hair as well to give oh. it the cut to make it look like it would on on twiggy which is quite cool did um, you know
0: it was uh wax work, or did you go away like twiggy's in a bad mood today
3: <laughs> <laughs> i said where are <laughs> you going on your holidays <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but just as a sideline fact um i discovered that when madame tussaud uh waxworks are made now um, and i think this has always been the case they make them two inches bigger the whole body two inches bigger because the wax shrinks over time and that brings them to the actual
4: size of the person. Um, Andy, you were telling me today that um, after the age of 30, you shrink by one-sixteenth of an inch every year. Every year, yep. So they'd have to shave bits off the waxworks as well every year. Another one-sixteenth off.
2: Yes, although I learned that on Oprah about 15 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just one of those facts that stays with you. Yeah. And I haven't checked it. Okay. Then or now, so, yeah. (laughs) It's true, though. It's the discs in between your back uh, vertebrae. It could be true. Mm.
4: Um, In ancient Rome, they had um, a job called an ornatrix, and this was a lady who would um, look after the hair of another lady, um, and it would be colouring. A lot of the thing that they did was colouring. So if you wanted black hair, then you had to put a mixture of bile, rotten leeches, and squid ink in your hair, wow. that would wow. make it go black. Cool. And if you wanted blonde, it was a mixture of pigeon poo and ashes. <laughs> I think I'll stay with the natural do. Actually, <laughs> um,
2: barbers used to offer castrations as well. Is that Medi- true? Well, there's medieval China.
4: Oh. Okay. So
2: yes. Well, for a given value of true, yes. Um, no, it was uh, they did eunuchs. Yeah, surely yeah.
0: eunuchs are the ones that don't need it. <laughs>
3: Sorry. <laughs> they point. Um,
2: we say that. Have we said before that Chinese eunuchs would carry around their testicles to be reunited with them in the afterlife?
4: Yes. Yeah, I think so. And there yeah. was the, one of the most famous eunuchs who was one of the last eunuchs. Um, to punish him for something, they stole his, um, they stole his bits, oh. and it was like he just thought it was the end of the world for him because he would never be able to be brought back wow. as a whole. Oh.
0: That is mean, yeah. yeah. real mean.
1: Do you know, uh, the the first ever proper QI fact that I ever found when I was working on the TV show has actually to do with Chinese hairdressers and it was Mousy Tung's hairdresser. Yeah, I was reading a biography and it turned out that his hairdresser was called Big Beard Wang. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> okay, it's time for our final fact of the show and that is my fact. My fact this week is that Elvis Presley once started a riot at the end of his show by saying to the crowd... Girls, I'll see you all backstage.
4: Wow. Yeah, and mean, they all went. They all away. went wow. in
1: that moment. So this was back in 1955. This was kind of just as he was reaching um, his his first sort of wave of popularity. Mm. And he, uh, he, he didn't realize that that would be the reaction once he said it. So he just said this line, girls, I'll see you all backstage. And they literally just fled onto stage, just passed like they just went right on and he got scared and he had to run off to his little green room they were ripping off his clothes he was missing a shoe he was missing (laughs) the side of his shirt and they locked him inside uh, the the back room and no one could get to him and eventually when it calmed down and he went to his car his car in the side metal of the car there were names and numbers scratched into the side and they couldn't see through the windscreen because so much uh, lipstick was on it with names and numbers for him to call and also 500 (laughs) trackus
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. so, and that was the moment that his manager went okay we've got a massive star on our hands here and uh yeah and that's when he got really promoted
4: wow i remember um when we were filming qi once and justin bieber was um oh, yeah in the in the studios he was doing something next door and it was crazy there was just it was unbelievable they had so much security there every time you walked past a window all they had to do was see a little bit of hair and they would scream <laughs> it was great fun because you just kind of peek your head around and then they go ah! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you bear a powerful physical resemblance to Dr. <laughs> <laughs> <the> Vindar <laughs>
1: Uh, this was this with uh, J- Justin Bieber. They did experience serious problems with that when the concerts would happen because if he arrived late or if they told that uh, they were told it was too chaotic because actually so many fans were coming to the show. They would say, okay, we're cutting this short or Justin's not going to be able to appear. And they would start rioting. Mm. And unlike uh, a normal show where people would riot who are of adult age, the police just had no idea. What, what do you really? do when you're being attacked by children? You, you can't do anything. You just have to
4: accept it. That's why you need the robots, probably. You <laughs> yeah. know. Take photos of them. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just shut them up. Uh, did you guys hear about David Spargo? I bet you must have done <laughs> no. it. Okay, he is no. a, he's a super fan of the Australian band Peking Duck, who I assume is yeah. some kind of popular beat combo or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they were playing in Melbourne, and um, he decided that he wanted to get backstage and meet his heroes. And so he went backstage, and um, the, the, the security said to him, no, you can't come in. And he's like, no, no, I've got to come in. I'm the lead singer's stepbrother. And they're like, well, do you have any proof? He said, yeah, yeah, look on Wikipedia. And he brought it up, and he just changed Wikipedia two minutes earlier to say that he was that guy's uh, stepbrother. And he got in, and he got to meet his heroes. Cool. Smart, that, isn't it? Very smart, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, Have you heard of uh, there's a Beatles fan called Jan Myers, and she was a, a super fan in the days when they were first becoming popular. Uh, and she crawled through the sewers under Abbey Road to hear them recording Rubber Soul through the floor. Whoa, wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. I think she's writing a book now about being a super fan. But at the time she was a fan, they weren't super famous yet. And the first time she got an autograph from Paul McCartney, he wrote Paul McCartney, brackets, The Beatles. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: So they really weren't well known.
3: Okay.
0: They actually met Elvis once, didn't they? And hey, it the sounds, Beatles? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did they? And it sounds like the most awkward occasion ever so yeah yeah and apparently they just had nothing to talk about their press officer wrote about it years later and said it was incredibly awkward they had this weird small talk there were long long silences Um, and eventually someone obviously freaking out maybe the press officer freaked out and thought i've got to do something so he brought in a load of guitars and the beatles just started playing some music and everything calmed down a bit and then later on elvis bitched about the beatles i think to nixon
1: yeah oh that's (laughs) what Yeah, he didn't bitch to Nixon and he the Beatles. He... a
0: big bitch. He said he thought the Beatles were un-American because of their stance on Vietnam.
1: Yeah, it's true. No, That he is did... bitching. Yeah, I guess so. He didn't
0: mean un-American, and that's a good thing. He's talking to the president of the US.
1: I found this fact, by the way, uh, about the, the backstage thing with Elvis. Uh, weirdly, not in an Elvis Presley book, but I've been reading um, a biography on David Bowie called Ziggyology, and... Uh, big influence on David Bowie was Elvis. And there was incredible facts in this book. I, I just kept coming across amazing uh, little nuggets about Elvis. This is my favorite one, and this is the exact wording. <laughs> Elvis's conception was so seismic, his father blacked out after the moment of climax.
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you mean fell asleep? Because <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, apparently he just blacked out and fell uh, okay. fell and had to be sort of brought to... Right.
0: Two. Wow. <laughs> I think it was um, Elvis' mother that said that. So, And she should know. Yeah, that's true. He is, so he was mental. I didn't quite realise how mental Elvis was, although I guess maybe everyone else did. But for instance, the time he met Nixon was because he was determined that he wanted a... He collected police badges um, and he wanted a badge from the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs. And I think he thought that meant that he could cross any borders with any substances at all. And he's wearing the badge and that was fine. So he got one of those off Nixon. That's his only reason for meeting the president. Um, he used to visit, uh, one of his favourite pastimes apparently was visiting the Memphis Morgue to look at corpses. Uh, was that
1: a drive through one?
3: Or was uh... <laughs>
0: He once... Oh, I like this image. Uh, He was once with Tom Jones backstage and um, he serenaded Tom Jones while Tom Jones was naked in the shower. So (laughs) Tom Jones said, I think he was checking me out. So that could have been a romance that never happened.
1: Wow. Wow. We need to wrap up fairly Uh, soon-ish. I've I've got just a couple more things that are slightly sidetracking, but as I say, I got this fact from um, a Ziggy Stardust book and um, I found out this really great fact that I think people should know about. Uh, David Bowie... That's not his real name. His real name is David Jones. And the reason he had to change his name from David Jones to David Bowie is because of the monkeys. Yeah, was David Jones from the monkeys. David Jones from the monkeys. So he was trying to make it big as a musician. Didn't work. So he went to David Bowie. But David Bowie wasn't the first name that he went to before he went to David Bowie. Uh, the first name he picked after David Jones. Was Tom Jones,
3: (laughs) (laughs) and then
4: a couple of weeks later, this new singer came along, and he went, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And then had to change it to David Bowie, Um, known someone else called Tom Jones would come along.
0: Yeah, mate, do a weirder name.
4: (laughs) 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 Now booing no. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and the riot begins <laughs> okay that's
1: it that's all of our facts thank you so much for listening uh, if you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things we've said over the course of this podcast we can be found on our Twitter accounts I'm on at Schreiberland James at X-Shaped Andy at
2: Andrew Hunter M
1: and Chazinski.
0: you can email podcast at qi.com
1: yep or you can go to no such thing as a fish.com where we have all of our previous episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you again sometime. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>